Hello, my name is John Brink and today we are on the brink, our podcasting studio from downtown Prince George. And again, uh, it's uh, about mid-January for those uh, of the people that are watching us from around the world, uh, downtown Prince George. Uh, the weather is a bit milder now, last week it was as much as 35 below and uh, today it's uh, around zero. And, uh, we have a very, very exciting guest. Her name is Danny Van Schwitz. Van Schwitz. Van Schwitz. <laughs> <laughs> and Danny is an amazing artist, very inspirational lady. And uh, tell us Thank about you, you uh, Danny. About me? Well, my name's Danny. Yeah. Um, I have two really rad children, a wildly supportive partner. I'm addicted to coffee, love plain chippies, hate yeah. mushrooms, yeah. creative soul, and yeah. I'm a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. In a nutshell. And you that's were me. you were born in Prince George. Yes. Yeah. So the uh, and uh, and 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 where did you start all the things that you're doing? And and again, we have a number of pieces here around us, and we get to see some more as we go through our conversation. How did how did you? start all of this? I think Norsol was created five and a half years ago. Yeah. And my daughter Zoe was born eight years ago. Yeah. So I think to backtrack a little bit, in my late 20s, I think I was ready to level up my life. Yeah. And my 20s were a lot of fun. My girlfriends and I rocked our 20s, but it was not sustainable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you so settled down. I was ready for it to like do something bigger, but I didn't know what that was. Right. And then I met my partner, and then we had Zoe. Yeah. And I think that sometimes when you have children, you really want to become like a better version of yourself. It, ch it changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. So she like, she lit the spark inside of me. Yeah. But I didn't know what to do with that necessarily. What's her name? Her name's Zoe. Zoe. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't, the spark wasn't enough anyways, right? You yeah. can feel something burning within you, but I think unless you're willing to put in a lot of hard work, yeah. it's not gonna go anywhere regardless. Right. So I had this spark that Zoe gifted me, and then I started playing with my creativity again. Yeah. And it was like returning home. When I, when I started to play, when I busted out my old paintbrushes, it felt like returning home. Are you artistic then right from the start? Did you like to draw and all of yeah. those kind of things as you were a young person? Yeah, most yeah. of us do, right? Yeah. Like yeah. most of us are very creative. Yeah, as in young some form humans. or another, yeah. right? But yeah. then I think a lot of the times it's like taught out of you in school. Sometimes yeah. it's discouraged to be creative or it's graded, which I don't even know if I necessarily believe in that. Yeah. We grow up and yeah. you lose like this sense of imagination. Yeah. And you're kind of maybe pushed towards doing more adult things or mature things. Or, or, or uh, you know, make payments and, and yeah, all of a sudden yeah. build careers and yeah. all the things that people say you must do, right? You gotta do when you grow up. Yeah. And not only that, but I mean, there, there were way less channels. There were no channels. Yeah. I mean, when I graduated high school, the thought yeah. of being an artist was still perceived as being a starving artist. Yeah. Whereas now so many people have businesses where they like 
unleash their creative selves in yeah. all sorts of different avenues. Yeah. So it's a lot more acceptable, I think, to do that. Right. But that doesn't mean that you don't have to work really hard to get where you want to be. Right. Yeah. And really, when I opened North Soul five and a half years ago, it was in a very different place. Did you have a vision of what you wanted to do then? Yeah, but it was so different. Yeah. So, I mean, I was creating a lot of like, I was upcycling furniture and um, a lot of growth charts for children. And it wasn't my full passion, but I was getting there. I was moving forward. And then actually my mother-in-law's bought me a miter saw. So prior to having a miter saw, all I had was a table saw. And when I got the miter saw, I just hit this sense of curiosity with it and started playing with it, made a mountain piece. Did it was the attraction to wood or fiber or, or something like that? And then making artistic pieces out of that? Because, you know, from looking at this and some of the other things that I've seen of you, they are so uniquely different from what I've seen before. Thank you. I really actually pride myself in that. Like yeah. I, I feel like I don't often, we look at other artists obviously for inspiration yeah. for well, sure. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, that's also it's normal. It's yeah. normal. And it's also like such a great part of the internet. Yeah. You can go and you look at other pieces and you want to feel inspired. Well, sure. But often I find inspiration from maybe like a broader spectrum, like, yeah. um, and that's actually gotten deeper and deeper as I go along. So in the beginning, if I was building a mountain piece, I would look at the mountain. You call this a mountain piece? A mountain piece. Yeah. Yeah, this is a mini mountain piece. Yeah. So say if I wanted to do a mountain piece, I would look at mountains and build that. Yeah. Whereas now... As you see it. As I see it, yeah. yeah. But it was so much more obvious in the beginning. Yeah. But creativity begets creativity. So the more you use, the more you have. So instead now of looking at mountains, I still use nature as inspiration, but I'll probably use like the smell of grass yeah. or the feeling when you're walking through the forest right. or um, the palette in the sky. Right. So that's what kind of creates this like uniqueness, I think, in my pieces Right. is that I feel these things and then I infuse them into my artwork and I experiment with different techniques. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be like anybody else. I'm just trying to release what I have into something physical. You see, if I look at that, then it's just not only the design that you have to have. You have to use the materials. Mm -hmm. You know, it's wood and it has to be, uh, you know, it has certain shapes to it and... It, it takes that, uh, <laughs> you have to virtually build it. Yeah. You know? So I was trained as a furniture maker and, uh, you know, so I'm playing with wood and all that. I always loved wood. Yeah. And, and so, but then in your case here, so somehow you have to have the visualize the design and then find the species, I presume, and what colors they should have. Yeah. And then use your uh, tools and make sure they are sharp so that everything you, you can... You know, it's like I always have a plan when I go into the shop. Right. Which I have to because I have children. So you see it, right? I have to. Have yeah. to be organized. Yeah. Like, 
life is too busy not to be organized at this point. Even if it's organizing chaos, I'm a big time blocker. I have to have my lists. Right. So I always go into the shop now with a plan. Whereas when I first started, I only had one child. It was much more flowy. I would go in there. Now you have two? Now I have two. Zoe and Cruz. Two girls? Boy, girl? Uh, Zoe's eight and Cruz is three. Yeah. 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 So now when I go in there, it's not like before where I could kind of feel things out and go with the flow. Now I have to go in with a plan. Yeah. But the plan always starts here and ends here. <laughs> right. Like, right. I think that's a big part of creating is yeah. just being able to be like, oh, no. Or like using, like you said, the physical materials. Like, right. this wood doesn't make sense here or this piece is too big to fit here. Right. So then you need to adjust your sales. Yeah. Yeah. So you already know what you're going to make in terms yes. of projects yeah. going forward. Do you have more than one project on the go? Or? Yeah, I usually, I usually have like, it's a bit of a process because it's not like you just paint, put together, cut border because right. of dry time. Right. So I always like to um, like paint a whole bunch of wood at once and I find like trending color palettes or like I look at a sky or... Yeah. This is a great sage green on my overalls. I love that. I'm going to try and find that color. Yeah. So then I'll paint and stain them all up. And then I'll create a mountain piece or a geometric piece or whatever. Then you have to let it dry. Then you'll go back and cut and then border and then spray. So it's a process, but you can't necessarily go straight from start to finish all in one go. Right. So, so, so when you, I'm just trying to find out when this all started really, uh, when you came out of school, yeah. And uh, high school, and then from there on in, did you... From there on, it died. Uh, yeah? <laughs> Creativity within me went to sleep. Yeah. It's, it's gone now. I'm 19, it's gone. Yeah. So, interestingly, I was also... A, a, I was had a lot of, like, rage within me when I was younger. Yeah. And something I feel like I've learned as... At, like after I had Zoe and I felt this sense of returning home to creativity, I was able to release a lot of this landfill of feelings that I had inside of me into what I was doing. Yeah. So I think um, it helped me release a lot. Is that from the past or something that... Anything, right? Yeah. It could be like you look back and you think, oh, I was so sad like when my parents got divorced or when I had yeah. that breakup or the yeah. day I was hangry or like it could be something so tragic in your life that yeah. changed the course of your life. Yeah. Or I think often we have these little feelings that pile up and pile up. And when you don't release them, they start to manifest themselves in different ways within us, like physically or emotionally or spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that if you don't have some sort of creative outlet or some sort of outlet, then it's going to show up differently. Yeah. So this for me is almost like therapy, like a bit it's, of a spiritual practice. It's more practice. a question of healing in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of people can relate to my, my artwork too. Like I always give my artwork fun names for whatever yeah. I'm inspired by or feeling when I'm creating it. And people yeah. connect with that. Yeah. They connect with me opening up and being vulnerable because that's a huge part of art any yeah. sort of art that you're doing, that's a big part of art, is allowing yourself to be vulnerable to people. And people connect with vulnerability. So you went through a period during your 20s that you were not 
kind of not still kind of searching for what direction something searching for something but but you must always have had that feeling of art yeah or that was attractive to you right yeah and then uh, it was always there but comparison is an asshole not sure if we're allowed to swear in this podcast but let's just call it what it is comparison is an asshole comparison can take away all of your joy Right. And in your 20s, I think that's what you do a lot. You compare a lot of yourself yeah. to everything else. Yeah. Double time social media. Yeah. So comparison's your thief of joy. So t- 20s, yeah, I was called to being creative, but why bother? Because someone's always better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That was the mindset. And then you then kind of focused on... So when did this start then? You started with kind of experimenting with it first. Yeah. And then next, as I saw on the video that we kind of looked at uh, your studio. And then before you know it, you had needed more room. Yeah. And then you needed different tools. And you yep. had to acquire the skills. So many tools. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. And a lot what, of experimenting. Yep. And when you get table saws and, uh, and, and other saws involved, your fingers are always delicate. You have to make sure they don't get in the way of the saw. Yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> Which is actually why. So I named my saws. Um, like the, the large miter saw I have is Vanellope. I have a small one named Mowgli. Yeah. And that was part of the reason. I felt like I needed to create some sort of relationship with these saws that I was trusting. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I also spend a lot of alone time with them. So sometimes your head wanders and next thing you know, you're naming your tools. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see, when uh, I was 14 when I started working and uh, t- being trained in a furniture factory. And, uh, you know, and there were lots of saws around and lots of the other things. So from that time forward, I always knew that uh, those were... You have to be very, very careful around them and, uh, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, and trust your tools. And trust your tools. Like trust yourself, but also trust that they will keep you safe. Yeah. Yeah. But there is something about it that I always found, uh, you know, because uh, lumber then and and anything around uh, wood and different species and and what it could make or what you could make from it and do with it uh, became my life, uh, you know, so uh, I'm... uh, 81 now and uh, you know so that is 67 years ago that I started it I still have all my fingers knock on wood (laughs) knock on wood yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so so then from there on in uh, you had your studio and then uh, then from there on in it evolved I've never seen anything like what you are doing and the way you are doing it so you then created that from your imagination yeah, and I think too, I've, um, I've never liked working for anyone else. Yeah. So there was like... Getting a job was not what you wanted. It's right? not what I wanted. Like no. I'm, it's, it's not necessarily that I don't enjoy taking orders. I'm totally happy to do that if I'm outside of my lane. Yeah. And like my personality or expertise can help someone else with their expertise. Yeah. Then I'm happy to follow suit. Yeah. But... As an umbrella statement, yeah, I think there's a reason why they say entrepreneurial blood. Like yeah. it's something that's within you that makes you go to work at nine o'clock at night after the kids have gone to bed. Yeah. Or 
I remember the first time I don't do wholesale anymore, but I used to wholesale to a shop in Canmore. And I remember when they came to me and they asked me for a spreadsheet of all my prices for wholesale. Yeah. And at the time we had an awesome business in town called Playgrounds. Okay. And it was like an indoor play area for children. Yeah. And I remember going there and with Zoe and Zoe played in the playground there for like three hours, four hours. Well, I connected to their Wi-Fi and yeah. learned what wholesale is, what a spreadsheet is. Yeah. So there's like, there has to be something within you that's willing to do that instead of go play with your own friends or. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you kind of became already in your mind, entrepreneurial, wanting to develop yeah. something unique for you. Yeah, and, for me, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, so, so then how did you get to this particular project then in terms of uh, your style is so uniquely different from what I've seen before. Where did this all start? Or, uh, you know, because obviously you've been very, very successful because I know that from, uh, you know, the social media and, and from the pieces that you sell, there isn't much that you have not sold and you probably got no. more demand. Yeah, the, they all seem to sell really quickly. And I yeah. think a big part of that is because of connection. Like social media, of course, has a very dark side, but it also has a really beautiful, nourishing side of connection. Yeah. Which is the heart, truly, of something like Instagram. That's the heart is connecting people. Yeah. And we're so fortunate that, I mean, I do live, I feel like you, <laughs> if anyone can push back on this statement, it's you. So feel free to fire back. Yep. But in this day and age, you don't have to have a degree in business to do business. <laughs> no. So we're really fortunate that we can utilize something like social media yeah. in order for me to sell my artwork and connect with people. And yeah. Yeah. And I don't have a degree in, uh, in anything either. I know. That's yeah. why I say that. It's like I say this day and age, you don't need a degree. But I mean, what, how far did you make it in school? Grade seven. I failed three times. Unbelievable. Yeah. I failed grade three and uh, nobody fails grade three. How do you fail grade three? I, I have no idea, you know, so, <laughs> but I did. And then I failed grade seven three times. Oh my gosh. And then they said, uh, that's enough. So, <laughs> so then you're, the, not, you're not going to make it. <laughs> no. So the question then was that, uh, you know, do we send them to the mentally challenged school? Or do we get him a job? And, uh, you know, so then, and I love my parents when they passed away now, but uh, th those were the things that then people were dealing with. And uh, fortunately, my dad said, no, yeah, we're going to, he, uh, he wants to go into lumber because that's what I liked. And then... Uh, Even at that young. At that, that young, young I age. did. You know, yeah. so I loved the lumber. I was always where he were, he was managing a small mill. So and wild I that you kind of that. knew what what you wanted at such a young age. Yes, that is so I always did. Rare. And then, uh, you know, so then on a Sunday, I always remember that even now, you know, I was small for my age. And, uh, you know, so then uh, it, it was uh, report cards came out and somewhat in May or June. And, uh, you know, then... Uh, uh, that meant in Holland then they had uh, three weeks holiday, but for me it uh, was uh, the report card. Again, I failed grade seven. They said, okay, well, that's it. Then <laughs> on, the Sunday, it. <laughs> Sunday, on the Sunday he called his friend that had a, gross, uh, that had a closing store 
and we went down there together. I still remember like yesterday. And uh, so hmm. we had to find a set of coveralls for me. And they, I was so small, they didn't have the right size. To put so you they to work, got, you needed coveralls to go to work? Yeah, yeah. so on Monday morning and uh, you know Gosh. so they got me the coveralls and I had to roll up the, the coveralls because they were so long and then the crotch was hanging by my knees it's, <laughs> it's modern now but it wasn't yeah. then it didn't look cool the drop crotch yeah Yeah, and so uh, so I that's how I wanted to, uh, to work in uh, in the furniture factory oh my gosh and uh, you know and so and then uh, you know the uh, and then I developed two dreams. The one was that it's all in the book and I'm going to give you a copy of the book before you leave and sign one for you. Uh, my husband's reading it right now, actually. Are you? He, my, hus <laughs> my husband is. Yep. So yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> so then, uh, you know, when I was five years old, uh, I was born in 1940 and in 1945, we were liberated by the Canadians. And then uh, from that point forward, I always had the dream uh, that I would move uh, to Canada, to the land of my heroes. And, uh, and then that was my dream. And then the second dream that I, I then developed, uh, you know, when I was already early in my 12, 13 years old, that at some point I would want to build my own lumber mill. Wow. And then uh, finally, then I was drafted into the Air Force when I was 18 for two years. And then, uh, uh, finally, I, I left when I was 24, and, uh, and I wanted to start with nothing. I had uh, took $150 when I left uh, Amsterdam. Mm. And when I came off the bus here, two blocks away, uh, here <laughs> in Prince George, I had $25.47. Oh, and, and 47 cents. Yeah, and, but I couldn't speak the language, didn't know a soul, didn't have oh a job. But I so had, how a, had a dream. But you had a dream. Yeah, to build a lumber mill. At this point in the conversation is where I would say you should write a book. Yeah. <laughs> but check. Do you get check. frustrated or annoyed when you see or hear young people today taking time off or taking a long time to settle roots or to work hard because you did at such an early age? Do you feel like you just want to be like, pull your bootstraps up and go? Yeah, sometimes, uh, you know, I can understand that, uh, you know, my situation was somewhat different uh, and, and as everybody's is in a way. Uh, you know what, uh, and, and you will read that in the book, but I remember the, the war years were uh, challenging, even at a young age, as you well know from your children, uh, you know, the first five years are farming years. Yeah. And if they are in war, yes. then, uh, and my dad, uh, you know, they didn't know where he was. Uh, the last time they saw him is at the bombing of Rotterdam. And then for five years, they didn't see him. And wow. I had uh, one brother, one sister. One was one year older than me, the other two years older. There's three of us together, uh, you know, and... Uh, so you had I, built some wild resilience that would obviously day we serve would go you out, later in your life. Every day we would go out with gunny sacks and look for uh, edibles or, or something that we could burn. And then we had a little stove that uh, the winter of uh, 44, 45 was called the hunger winter. And, uh, you know, and it was very cold. So, but I still remember from it, and it's also in my book, is that uh, the things that still are with me even now is that, uh, uh, you know, uh, hunger, that pain, that constant feeling of hunger. Interesting. And then, and then do you the, hoard your food because of it, or do you have weird food tendencies? Yeah, yeah, to a certain extent, maybe. I still had do things like that that still reflect back yeah. to then. The same... Uh, cold you know the uh, you know the feeling of really cold uh, 
Yeah. And uh, and then the other one was anxiety because it was always pressure, planes overhead, and and fighting and uh, all of that. You know. Wow. So yeah. Stayed with me. So they. Uh, so that was part of it. Uh, PTSD in a way. And, yeah. Uh, and then the other one was uh, you know the uh, uh, the inner child effect in a sense and uh, and then uh, you know uh, when I was uh, 58 years old I believe when I found a book that I was reading in books on fourth year and I don't read too many books and I was picking this book up and I was looking at it and it said uh, driven by distraction I thought what is it so and as I went through it was about ADHD and I read it in the first pages and I said that is me and it is you know so I'm a classic case of ADHD and uh, you know I found out then when I was 58 years old and uh, I went through it and I said that uh, you know so then I started checking on Google even then did yeah. the questionnaire out of 20 I, I checked off 19 and the other one was impulsivity. I'd mm. learned myself not to be impulsive in business. And, uh, yeah. you know, so, uh, yeah, so that, that then uh, became part of it. And uh, I'm writing a book right now that will come out in June. And it's about ADHD, actually. How um, you've channeled it and kind of harnessed it, do you feel? Oh, yeah, there's yeah. no question about it. Yeah. 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 Now you're ready but, to share how you harnessed and it. And that's precisely the point that I was going to make t to you is saying that... Uh, I, I love to interact with younger people in particular or, or any age, you know, about talking about those kind of things and then the effects that it may have on your life, like maybe PTSD or because of the experiences that you had and you relate to some in, in, that you had maybe in the past and, uh, you know, that then, uh, you know, then at 58 I found out really I wrote in there in because there is was still stigma, even today still stigma. Yeah. So I wrote in that by bought that book, went through it, read more, and then I wrote in Dutch in it. And now I finally know who I am. You know. So Yeah. And powerful. Uh, yeah. yeah. And and so now I talk about that a lot more, but even then it affected me for a long time in terms of knowing that, uh, you know, it's still having challenges with that in terms of saying, uh, you know, like I, I fail in grade three, didn't fail in grade seven, then I failed. But unfortunately, they didn't know how to deal with it then, where now they are more capable of dealing with those that uh, are affected yeah. by PTHD, uh, PTSD or, uh, you know, yeah. ADHD. And, uh, you know. I think like as as a community, as a culture, everyone's becoming just so much more aware. Exactly. Everyone's becoming so much more empathetic too. Exactly. Understanding where things started. Exactly. How, yeah. And, and hence entrepreneurship and uh, all the other things that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, to me, the foundation on my life has always been, uh, even then when I was going through the challenges, uh, I, I became, I'm very comfortable being alone, a bit of a loner, but at the same time yeah. being quite interactive, yes. I can be. I call myself an introverted extrovert. <laughs> yeah, me too. Totally. <laughs> That's yes. what I am. 
and then then the foundation is uh, uh, and what I say is attitude avoid the negative uh, you know the uh, uh, passion find your passion as you have as I have and then work ethic and what follows yep. is success yeah and uh, you know and and I always try to communicate that uh, to younger people in particular as they're searching for directions to go well and you know what is interesting though john like i feel like i'm a bit i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna push back on you for a minute yeah. <laughs> find your passion yeah i feel like that statement isn't necessarily a productive one right it's um something i actually learned from an author her name's elizabeth gilbert and the problem i feel with finding your passion is that it's daunting right and sometimes it's overwhelming if you don't right. know what your passion is right somebody tells you find your passion and you're like well how how do i do that like yeah. you knew what your passion was when you were 12. a tween yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. so I mean, I especially remember being in my 20s and my, you know, my friends were off to be a nurse and a marine biologist yeah. and an x-ray technician and my sisters were on their yeah. path and I just felt like, well, I don't know what to do. No. So I feel like the statement that's almost more productive is to follow your curiosity. Yeah. Because that will lead you somewhere which could potentially be your passion. And I agree with that. Yeah. You know, so that, uh, you know, because if I look it's at you... It's a starting you, point. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, you know, the uh, if I look at you and the things that you've done, you've been immensely successful as an individual, as a person, and, and the things that you do, which is art and it's unique, and you have... Uh, and, and just sitting here and interacting with you, you have self-confidence. You know who you are. <laughs> you know what you want. You know how you go there. And, and those are all qualities that are unique to an individual that gives them then the capacity to go out and create whatever that may yeah, be. Yeah, it does give you yeah. that capacity. Yeah. And I think also in you know being an entrepreneur, you have to have a certain sense of capacity for... Um, failure, <laughs> like the opposite, right? Like you have to have some sort of capacity to it's hold discomfort. Critical because in order to become strong, you have to fall, dust off, oh. start over again and over again and over yeah. again. The and ego takes a lot of hits. Yeah, a lot of hits. Yeah, and 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 so uh, and and that's all part of the process, you know. So uh, yeah. yeah, I think. Um, it is part of the process. I think it, it makes you better because now it takes no some question. fear away. Yeah. And I mean, so even in like creating artwork, I feel like every single time I release artwork, I put myself out there in a way that's ready for me to be knocked off my pedestal. Yeah. Like it's because people are going to look at it and either think I like it or I don't like it. Right. Every single time I release a piece of art, it's like this piece of vulnerable vulnerability that's coming out yeah and so you have you truly have to be able to take some sort of critiquing no question yeah to move yeah. forward yeah. yeah no question and and you do that well uh you know because i can i can feel it on you and then the things that i've seen and then uh, you know what you're doing uh you know in your studio so where do you go from here you know in terms of uh you know the uh, uh you know you have 
you know, beautiful family and, uh, you know, and, and obviously you have your studio and do you have, you see what I always kind of do as an entrepreneur, I build something and it works like when I started the, uh, my, my company here, uh, after coming off the bus was $25.47, couldn't speak the language, didn't know, sold, didn't have a job. <laughs> But I had the dream of building a company, and I started a company 10 years later, Bring Forest Products. And I wanted people to invest in it because I didn't have any money. And, uh, you know, so, uh, but already within two years, I was superintendent of a mill here, one of the largest mills. And then that didn't go quick enough for me. So then there was an opportunity to become part owner of a sawmill in Watson Lake, Yukon. So okay. I, I went there for five years. Oh, no way. Yes. Cool. And, uh, and, and the process bought a motel there and all kinds of other things. And I was only here for two years, three years, four years, five years. And then in 1975, I formed Bring Forest Products. Couldn't find anybody to invest in and started on my own. Mm -hmm. And then uh, obviously built it up to a pretty sizable company. Yeah. But, but <laughs> yeah. you know. You did all right. <laughs> <laughs> to me, to me, that it's not about that. It's about more about, uh, you know, being able to kind of look back, give back to the community. That's also part of my culture, and uh, and then uh, you know the uh, go to work and uh, you know and even now at eighty one, I I enjoy going to work. Uh, I usually get up around five thirty in the morning. The other thing that I always do is. Uh, strange habits that people have is that uh, when I get up I always make my bed yeah me too yeah and then uh, now that part of that may be military <laughs> because <laughs> you know, and but it gives me that feeling that you know then and then I always make sure it's straight you know I go around and people might think if they saw me they might think I'm crazy and then uh, you know the uh, and then uh, before I leave the bedroom then I just make sure yeah it's uh, okay it's all good and then I go to work and uh, you know, are you as tidy at work? No, no, me neither. No, my I'm... my my shop is actually before Scott came over the other day to help you to film to a promo. It. I used the leaf blower because I had so much sawdust, so I used the leaf blower and I just blew it out because time, mm -hmm. yeah, is so critical. Yeah, because of the kids and school pickup and daycare pickup and dinner, all these things. Yeah, I can't go in there and tinker putting everything in their spots and getting all the sawdust out of the way before I start, I got to go in there and hit the ground running. Yeah. So I make my bed and then I go make a mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with me, it's uh, since, uh, you know, I'm ADHD, uh, you know, so, and, and that means uh, organizing is a bit of a, ch a challenge for me. So in my office uh, is all kinds of piles of documents. I know pretty much what is all there in all yeah. different places. And if they said to me, well, can you kind of put it all nicely together? And uh, no, I couldn't do that. <laughs> you know, so. I waste my time, yeah. Yes. yeah. But at the same time, uh, you know, there are plus sides to it, and it's all going to be part of my next book, uh, ADHD, which is going to be extremely interesting, uh, a whole different format to a book. Well, I feel like it's going to take us inside a bit of like the inner workings of the sparks going off in your brain. Yeah, not only mine, but it will it. also I'm include 10 or 15 people that we will interview in that book, and that will become so that somebody can look at the book and say, I wonder how that works for those individuals, not only me, but also others. Yeah. And, and showing that uh, ADHD, I call it the superpower, unlocking a superpower, because it allows uh, uh, somebody in that uh, uh, 
particular category to uh, have 10, 20 projects on the go all at the same time virtually. And, and probably be hyper-focused on each one? Yeah, more or less, yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, so it's uh, kind of unique. And, but uh, again, uh, an interesting project. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. I love that. Should be out in, uh, in uh, June, I believe. Writing is your creative outlet. I like it, yeah. 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 Yeah, you never know where creativity is going to manifest, like we were saying. So now coming down, now you're doing this, and that's already where I was going earlier, is saying, I always have a tendency of wanting to say, okay, well, now we should build a bigger plant because now you have to do more than just a few. Now you have to produce more of them. That's not it, right? Is it? But become a production. No, 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 no I could no, never like, no, that's just no, not my jam. No. I'm like, we've been talking about like too much of me is infused in the artwork. Yeah. It'd be great like to have, um, help some days, right? Like there's yeah. definitely some days where I'm laying in fetal position in the corner of the shop thinking I need help. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think that's like yeah. most mothers in general, but, um, I I want to continue to do what I'm do to do what I'm doing, but I it's difficult. Okay, let me start here. I'm at a point right now where I'm reaping the benefits of how hard I have worked for the last five years. Yeah, and I do feel like in this chapter that I'm in right now, yeah. I'm able to enjoy it. Yeah, and I don't want to grind it away to the right. point that I miss out on the celebrations. Right. Tonight, I'm going to go home and glass, have a glass of wine and yeah. be like, oh my God, I just had the best conversation with John Brink. Oh my, yeah. like I want to celebrate these things. I want to be present. Yeah. So I'm in this chapter where I don't want to continue to grind out my present. Right. It's also a little bit difficult for me to look at the future with, um, where I want to go with North Soul because of the kids. When I started North Soul, Zoe was only two years old. Yeah. And now Cruz is only three years old. Yeah. So I've always been in this juggle of balancing motherhood and yeah. myself yeah. and entrepreneurship and artwork. And it's hard for me to even imagine a place where both the kids are in school. Yeah. <laughs> Like that yeah. just seems, I just can't imagine when Cruz is in school having five days a week. It's hard for me to mentally get there and imagine what I want to do when I have that additional time. Yeah, because that's going to happen before you know it, right? I guess. They grow up. Quick, <laughs> they know, grow up. Yeah. I keep feeding them. They keep growing. It's crazy. Yeah. I have yeah. two daughters and I look back and I say, oh my God, what happened? What happened? And then they have kids, you know, which is beautiful, but... It happens also quickly. Right? Yeah. So. And I include them as much as I can. I love including them in this. I think it's so important for them to see how hard I work. And yeah, ironically, I often feel, you know, I have these moments where I'm like, I should just quit. Like it would just be easier to not do this and be with the kids. And the reason I don't do that is because of the kids. Yeah. I don't want to put that burden on them that they've destroyed my dreams. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't want them to grow up and think, oh my God, mom you never followed her both, dreams right? because of us. Yeah. So they keep me going. Yeah. 
Yeah. I try to encourage them to be creative wherever I can, just like my dad did with me when I was uh, quite young, about Zoe's age. Yeah. My dad, he was a bodybuilder and he judged bodybuilding and he owned oh, gyms. Yeah. And yeah. so we were always in the gym. And yeah. so he would go to the gym every night after school. I lived with my dad growing yeah. up when I was young. And eventually the, the staff at the gym started to realize that rather than like lifting tiny weights with dad, I always yeah. brought my colors. Yeah. So they put a table in the corner of the gym for me with yeah. colors and paper. Yeah. So dad always really encouraged that. My mom was like wildly liberating with like paint on the walls. What makes you feel alive? Like yeah. live boldly. Yeah. Question everything. Like she was always just loud and proud and wanted you to be the same. And so I yeah. want to do that with my kids too and encourage them to be creative and yeah, yeah. follow their dreams. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's hard. It's no joke, this motherhood and being no, in no. business and all that. But <laughs> yeah. it's it leads you really beautiful places. Yeah. Yeah. So so your dad was inspiring to you in one way and your mom in another way, right? Oh my gosh. Like yeah. they yeah. Yin and yang. How they were together, I don't know. But yeah. it was awesome. Like what they yeah. both brought to my table as a human. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, uh, you, so now for projects like this, you, you make what you want to make. It's not by uh, order and saying, uh, okay, uh, make me whatever, right? No, I... You I, create, right? I create. Yeah. That's it. Mic drop. I create. I, when people do custom orders... Yeah. Ooh, okay, let's go back to when I was saying I don't really like to take orders. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and often when people want custom orders, they will give you a picture from Pinterest or, um, and I don't, I don't want to recreate something that somebody has already done. No, no. And also often people would want me to come to their houses to look at um, their color palettes and yeah. get a feeling for their home. And you just, there's not enough money to charge for all of that, right? You right. want to do it for this connection and to create this beautiful piece of artwork. Yeah. But then you would have to charge something that was astronomical because time's money. So yeah. it just, it just wasn't me. It just, yeah. it didn't work out. I prefer to find a wave of creativity, grab my surfboard, hop on it and ride it out in the shop. And yeah. then I release it and see who else connects with that. Yeah. That's what works for me. Yeah. Now, we've been sitting here already for a while, and I'm so anxious to see what, because when you brought this in, they put it in such a way that I cannot see what is uh, that piece of art that is sitting there. So, at what point can we look at it? Yeah, let's have a boo. It actually goes great with your couches. Yeah. Are, are you okay with the, oh my goodness. Let's turn this around this way. Here we go. Wow. Oh my goodness. Eh? So this that... is, yeah, this is called Cooked Earth. Okay. Like I said, I always um, name all of my pieces. And actually the reason I named it Cooked Earth was because it's different shades of terracotta. And that's what terracotta means, is exactly. baked earth or cooked earth. Right. And so this is obviously a geometric piece. Um, yeah. But this will give you a little taste. Is, in, is, is that something you just made? Yeah. It's just something that flowed through my hands. 
terracotta is a really popular color right now. Yeah. But on top of that, I love colors like these. Like they remind me of Sedona dirt. <laughs> so you kind of visualize, when did you finish this? Um, maybe four days ago. And, and so you had the idea in terms because distinctly bigger than this and then you kind of visualize it's not something that uh, somebody said make it for me no so the mini ones like I was saying I usually only do mini ones around the holidays because they're yeah. so great for gifts and you can yeah. have a lot of fun with colors right. right so the mini ones are not in the usual inventory okay but this is usually the most common size it's four feet by two feet and it's like this sweet spot of a size like okay. it just seems to work in any rooms or office it always okay. seems to be the money spot and then usually what I do is when I have like the back of it which is a piece of MDF yeah then I um, use a pencil and I just kind of like start putting down putting down lines okay and that's where the plan that, stops that okay like that, I have a plan yeah but that's typically where I wave it goodbye <laughs> and, and then you kind of go from there yep yeah. And it's not only me, it's like we were saying the wood, right? Like sometimes yeah. wood just has a story and does what it wants to do. Exactly. And you have to listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I can ask you that. Uh, you know, how much would that, that's not sold? No, this one's not sold. So typically like price or typically an item around this size is usually about $360. Okay. Yeah. So that just, this one would be sold at? This one's not sold yet. No, no, no but it would be $350? Yeah. Yeah, and, and this one? Uh, the Mini Mountains are always sold for 60 This one's sold already? No, nope, that one's not sold either. Okay, so I want to buy these two from you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is that where and, you were going? Yeah. To see if you could afford it? Yeah. I actually kind of... Wait, the prices just went cents. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it, you know. So how do I know... Is the... And so this is probably a dumb question, but is there a top to it or how do you, how do you put it up? How should you put it up? So I use cleat hangers. They're called okay. in the back. So yeah. there's like a cleat hanger you put on the wall and essentially it's kind of like So a it should be hanging in this format. Yeah. It's as being vertical, right? That, well, I see it as being horizontal. So I've got the hanger right here on yeah. the back. Yeah. But often when I make these pieces like I create them either from the middle out or from the top to the bottom okay and to me they always feel like they have a certain way of going but yeah. then somebody else sees them and goes oh you got to flip that you got to put the hanger vertical yeah, yeah so depends on the space depends on perspective yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure yeah no I love it okay excellent so I like that should we put it down there now and then uh, so I bought those so I bought those thanks, <laughs> thanks years Danny. now. Look I how love nice you it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You know. So, so then, uh, so you you made those. Now you have others that you are working on. Yeah, I've like I've always got things on the go, but I release as I go too. Yeah. So I never have much inventory. It's always just I get into the shop and I typically create for. Um, in two weeks, so I kind of stay one week ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, and and then social media is mainly Instagram, or where where do you or Facebook or Instagram? In yeah, Insta Instagram's where I'm at. That's where I call them my soldiers. Yeah, that's where we all connect, and that's where I can share all my messy thoughts because there's a lot of them. Yeah, 
and my artwork. You, you get a lot of followers, right? Um, there's almost 11,000 That's of a us. lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, honestly, sometimes it's, it's very easy to lose perspective right. with Instagram or social yeah. media because you see these huge accounts. And yeah. um, it's easy to forget how far you've come. So I always compare it actually to the CN Center. The CN Center holds 5,500 people. Yeah. And so I always think I could fill the CN Center almost twice. Twice. That's, yeah. what, I, that's what I like to tell my ego when yeah. I start to feel like I'm not good enough or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, no, sometimes, it, yeah. Sometimes yeah. the ego needs to be fed. Yeah. So now the key for you is to uh, maintain your artistic impulses and doing mm. this but are you planning on something else as well or how do you kind of look forward well like i said it's like for right now enjoying the present yeah. and then especially with the kids especially yeah. with the kids yeah and i'll be ready when preparation is ready to meet opportunity yeah. when opportunity comes in my future I mean, I'm a yes man. I'm not one to say no. So when an opportunity comes that I'll be ready for, yeah. then I'll go at it full force. Yeah. But I don't know what that is right now. Yeah. I feel like in the beginning, my only customers were all my moms. So it's often quite difficult for me to even wrap my brain around the fact that I make a living doing this now. Yeah. So sometimes it's actually quite overwhelming to think where I want to go when I've come this far. Yeah. Now is the time when I really need to reflect and be grateful and see where I go from here and, and start to think about future goals. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've been so successful that, uh, you know, the demand exceeds the supply somewhat. I wish I could duplicate myself for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cloning would be great. So do you, kind of a strange question, do you from time to time say uh, to your husband, hey, I need a hand here? Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, like, I'm always trying to convince him to <laughs> sell his business and get in there with me. So what does, what does he do? <laughs> he owns Summit Power Tools okay. downtown in Prince George. Yeah. So he, the busier I get, the more he helps me. And we love working together. Yeah. It is. That's great. Oh, it's so much fun to push and pull off of each other. Yeah. And um, it's great just as something for us to do also together. Together, yeah. yeah often yeah. the whole family's in the shop. And, yeah. yeah. Now, now your shop is right at your house? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the, uh, you know, kind of a garage that has been converted. Yeah, we live out on the Blackwater. We've got a little bit of property out there. And the shop used to be my husband's. <laughs> Yeah. And then I took it over. You took it over. I took it over. I think, so last year I released a collection which was very surprisingly popular. I couldn't believe the feedback I got from it. And it was called the Clitoracy Collection. Okay. <laughs> and it was like, um, like just like basically vaginas. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I had like all of these like women empowerment and I had all these like literal vulvas cut out on the floor that I had to spray paint so okay. there was the, the garage floor was just covered in in vaginas and then my husband <laughs> walked in and he was like well 
I guess this is your shop now. Oh my <laughs> So I feel, I feel like that was the day I claimed the shop as my own. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so where to go from here? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I think it's, it's, it's interesting in terms of, uh, you know, where you get the, uh, the inspiration from and then, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and obviously, uh, well, your imagination is, uh, you know, is, is great. And, and how you interpret things, right? Like I just yeah. really wanted to do in that collection, like something really empowering. Yeah. And I didn't, I, in that case, I really didn't actually think I was like, this is going to be the very first collection that does not sell out. People yeah. are going to think this is maybe crude or they're not going to want it up on their walls. Yeah. And women loved it. Yeah. They've got them in their washrooms, above their beds, in the guest rooms. And they're sold all over, right? Uh, again, on the... So... I sell across Canada. My artwork has gone as far as the UK, but yeah. now I only ship within Canada. Yeah. A, a particular reason for that? or Shipping costs. Shipping costs. It's wildly stressful to pack up a four foot by two yeah. foot piece of your artwork that yeah. as I've been explaining you like infuse your soul into and then you have to bubble wrap it and ship it yeah that's um like that's a panic attack on yeah. its own yeah and then the shipping costs are atrocious when you yeah. when you start to leave Canada yeah yeah so that's uh you know and and Canada also North America oh yeah like shipping to the United States the shipping is almost as much as the artwork yeah. So for me, it makes sense. It just, just makes sense to, focus on to keep Canada. it here. Yeah. 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 So the uh, interesting, the uh, little bit about your your dad and uh, obviously uh, that you may know from my book is uh, I've been quite active in, uh, you know, the uh, com competing and bodybuilding. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so is, is, is your dad, uh, is he still okay around? Is he still? Uh, yep. He lives in Kelowna and... Him and his wife, Patty, are still teaching fitness down there. They've retired several times and they just keep wanting to lift. <laughs> so they keep opening gyms. Yeah. I always say my dad never taught me how to change a tire. He taught me how to deadlift. Yeah. So he's still uh, active in the gym. and. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a pillar of who he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's a very um, spiritual man and he's very into physical health and yeah. I don't know if I know him or not from Prince George then. Yeah, well, you kind of remind me of him. I think that's why I have a level of comfort with you off the get-go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I could visit and chat with you all night because there's yeah. a level of comfort there. You kind of look like him even. Oh my goodness, yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> 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 Anything else you want to talk about, uh, you know, the... Uh, you know, uh, you know where uh, you know the. Uh, I, I think uh, you know it's it's right away when I saw the art and this one. Uh, you know, also so unique. And does this one have a name too? It. Uh, I don't typically name the mini mountains because they are for markets over the holidays. Okay. So I'll usually produce a lot of them, and that's too much. Like over over the market season, it'd be too difficult. Yeah. Like, so I usually do art artisans in the Greeton House for the last two years at okay. Art Naps. So last year I sold forty three pieces of artwork. Yeah. In a couple of hours or whatever. Yeah. So how I could I couldn't possibly name. No no no. Every no, no. single piece. No no. Yeah. yeah. No 
Excellent. Uh, you know, the, uh, I really enjoyed that. And, uh, this is awesome. What's your final piece of advice for me? 81 year old man to a 35 year old girl. What's your piece of advice for me? What are you, I, what are you I, leaving me with? I believe honestly, Danny, you're, you're an amazing lady. I, I like the spirit that comes out of you, the enthusiasm and, uh, what you do. And, uh, my advice would be to do precisely what you're doing right now. Uh, you know, do you, you're very, very fortunate. You have a beautiful family and, yeah. uh, you know, and, uh, you, you have all the things, but the, the key is, uh, uh, as I said before, uh, attitude, uh, you know, is, is extremely important. Mm. You, you have found your, I call it the passion, but then, uh, it is a bit of a process obviously. And yeah. I agree with that. And then, uh, you have the work ethic and, uh, and, I enjoy life, so do you, and I love living in northern British Columbia. I love Canada, yeah. you know, that uh, I do a lot of flying. I go a lot of around uh, the planes, and, and I'm a pilot as well. I, oh, no way. I yeah, didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, I've been a pilot since uh, uh, 1967, you know, I became a pilot. You're a John of all trades. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I always sit at the window. You know, and, and I look out of the window and, uh, you know, as I fly over Canada in particular, and then I said, it's paradise. Mm. And we are so fortunate here. And uh, a lot of people don't f appreciate it as much as I think they should mm. if they had been around the world and see some of the other places, then be so lucky. And in particular in BC and then uh, particular in northern BC, you know, so. And, I uh, love that. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so what I want to do is sign. <clears throat> Are you signing a copy for me? Yeah. Can you write? Can you write something for me? Yeah. Can you write full send? Full to, what? To Danny, full send. Danny D A N I. Yeah. Right? You got her. And then what? Full send. Uh, right here. Okay. Uh, full so full send. Full, just we'll talk about that after. I'll tell you what that means. Basically, okay, how do I spell it? Your life. F-U-L-L. F or U? For F? F-U. 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 L-L. L-L. Underneath. Send. S. S. Yeah. E. E. Yeah. Yeah. N. N. D. D, full send. That means give it all you got. Full send. Oh, I like full it. Full send. I like it. Use it all. Can you should I, use it all the time. It could be your tagline. Thank you. Can I write here all the best? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you can write whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Danny. You're amazing. Appreciate it. You're well, I appreciate so are you. you.